All right. So we're going to talk about some things. Um, I think I'm gonna, I'll start off, and then Jenny will kind of bring it home with some more specific examples, and I'll do some general things. Um, but I want to start off today with not an act, like a little activity. So um, kind of opens up what we're talking about. So I would like everyone in here to turn to someone, right? And I want you to tell them, make sure you have a partner because I want everyone to do this, but I want you to tell them that they're cool, right? But the caveat is that you cannot use any words. So you have to just turn to someone, tell them they're cool, and not use any words. Go. That's good, I like that. This is good. This is good. <laughs> I see a lot of hand gestures, some high fives, some thumbs up. The what do you call the the guns? Double guns or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. It's kind of hard because you don't have words to really express it. But we're gonna do another one right now. But this time, um, I want you to tell them that you would love to be their friend, right? And we're not gonna use any words again, nor are we going to use any hands? We're not going to use any eyebrows. You can't use your eyelids. You can't use your legs, your toes, your feet, your body. Go. I re- yeah, exactly, right? I see everybody just like, what do I, what do, I do? No one knows, but everyone's stumped. That's laughter. That's, that's body. So that's kind of like... That's, 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 that's really hard. Um, as you realize, you kind of need your body to communicate. Um, you can't telepathically say, hey, you know, I like you, or you're my friend, or, you know, make me some coffee, or change a diaper. Like, these are really hard to do. You can't eat without your hands or your mouth. You can't, uh, you can't really do anything, really, with your bodies, because they're so, they're so essential in everything we do. So this activity I was hoping... Um, would just be in a little example of how we're more complex than a body. We're more complex than a person. We're, we'll talk about um, a little later how sometimes we see each other as a person or as a body. Um, but we're more complex than that. We're not animals, you know, that are living on this earth and they eat and they run around and then they die and they're forgotten, right? And with that, you know, we are... Um, we're more than just a person, like, we're more than just a character, right? We're more than our ideas and our, you know, how we think we are. And our body is kind of trapping us or keeping us into a certain category that we don't want to be in. So I just wanted to point that out there. And, I'll, and the next thing I wanted to talk about was, you know, why is that? Well, actually, no, we're going to talk about... Um, you know, like how, how each one of us, you know, we need the other half. We need our bodies to communicate what's in our head, right? And we need um, vice versa. Like our bodies tell us things about the earth and about each other that we comprehend in a, in a, in a spiritual way. 
Um, so in Genesis 2.15, uh, is kind of another example of how this is played out. Um, when God puts Adam in the garden, he says, hey, I want you to preserve this. I want you to be fruitful. I want you to multiply, right? He, he puts Adam there, and he says, do things. He says, hey, this is my creation. I put you here. I want you to tend to it. I want you to care for it. And Adam can't do anything unless he has his body, right? He can't tend to the garden unless he has his hands. And the same, in the same sense that he can't, um, he doesn't really know what to do unless he has that life in him from God to be able to do that stuff. So there's, there's two things that are really important. Like, Jesus talks a lot about, um, I mean, he's, he says, love your neighbor, right? Love your neighbor as yourself um, and fulfill all the commands that God has given or that I have taught you. So, you know, like we were talking about, just saying, hey, you're really cool, um, or I want to be your friend. Like, you can't, you can't really love someone unless you use your body, right? Um, so, as, as you can see, the, the things that you do with your body, they have spiritual implications. So we, we are human, we are, like, of the earth, but the things we do... Um, they, they mean things not only here, but also in the heavenly realms, such as loving your neighbor. Like that does, that's not just, hey, here, come stay at my house, and, you know, you feed them. It's, it's more of a, it's a, it's a spiritual thing. Like when we love someone, it's not that we're just, you know, we want to feel good, they want to feel good. It's not, it's, 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 it's a commandment from God, and it's like loving them loving, is loving God. Okay, why? Why do you think this is? Why do you think this is? Do we have any answers out there? I'll tell you. I'll just go ahead and tell you. Um, so I think, I think this is, is Genesis 126 where God says we are, God created us in his image. And that's, that's really why. Um, has anyone, like, made something? You, you like creating things? Uh, I know Bianca, she needed a bunch of screws once because she was making an art project, and she made this little guy, right? And I can just th- I can see how she was creating it. Like, she had an idea of what it was going to look like, um, and she, you know, you put a little person in a certain posture, it kind of tells something about them, and she knew each screw was going to go in certain areas, and she had these eye bolts, and like, oh, that'll be his head, you know, and then some other ones, like, that'll be his feet. Uh, And I also, with, you know, art majors and and architects, they put a lot of thought into what they're designing, what they're building, Um, and that's the same thing that God was doing with us. At a very dull level when we create something. God was doing that with us. You know, he was creating us with emotions and to have thoughts and be uniquely different. Everyone to be completely different. Um, I know this, there's this scale of one to nine, right? And I don't want to be categorized as one number, say a five, (laughs) right? I kind of feel sometimes I want to be a little bit of an eight or a little bit of a nine, and, it, you know, God's created us way more than that. No way we can be categorized in this number scale. Um, but that's what he wants us to do. He, he created us with the body so that we can interact with the world, interact with people, 
um, and use, you know, like all of our senses as we did now when we said, hey, you're cool, and, you know, you're saying high fives. We didn't use much of the words, but... Um, and also, God, uh, a lot of times he uses, or he's spoken of, with body parts, with, as, as, which is a representation of, of action, I guess, in the world. So in Psalm eighty nine twenty one, God says, I will steady him with my hand, with my powerful arm, I will make him strong. And when God says these things, when God says something, when he promises that he's going to steady us with his hand, that comes true. That when he speaks, it comes, it, it's realized in this world to us. And, you know, if, if you have a relationship with God and, and you're just stressed out, especially in like MPD, support raising season, <laughs> as she talked about, so I just wanted to bring it up. But I mean, just to, for him to steady his hand, and when you pray and he says, I'll do that, then it comes to life. And the same way, vice versa, when we do something um, with our bodies, or with our, you know, when I say bodies, it's like, not just our body, like you speak, you know, you, have, you communicate through gestures and all these things. Um, but that is... It's, it's doing things in the kingdom, like I was saying, with when you love someone. Um, like spreading words of com- encouragement. When you say to someone, hey, uh, I'm with you, or you know, you're going to get through this, that kind of stuff speaks to the spirit, God's spirit in them, and it, it brings life in them, and it's like encouraging. So we're more than, than you know, just our, our bodies. Okay, so now the how. Like, so there's so many examples of doing this. I don't even know. Which one to pick, but I, I, I would do conversation. Um, if we think of an idea that we have in our minds and we want to explain it to someone else, it's kind of hard to have an idea and package it into words, like finite words, and then send it over to someone. Um, and then they have to receive it to see your words, to hear your words, to see your actions, and then to recreate that idea in their head. Like, that is, is almost absurd. Like, how do we even do that? And, you've no, and I bet some of you noticed that happens sometimes. I didn't tell you I was going to give this example, but I think I'm going to give this example. Um, so I just think of an example, and it's not anything big. It's, I know sometimes, like, okay, in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, I'm really hungry. Um, I don't know what to eat. I don't know if we have any food. Jenny makes such great food all the time. I know she's probably got some, like, recipe worked up, and she's going to do something. So I just ask her if she's going to make food. So I'm like, you know, the question is, hey, are you going to make food? And that can come, it can be received in a couple different ways, right? She can be like, oh, yes, I have something prepared. Or, no, I don't. Or, am I going to make food? Like, why do I have to make food? Why, are, you, are you making me make food? Is it my fault? Like, do I have to do this all the time? Right? It could be, yeah. So it's, it's, it's interesting how we actually can get the message across sometimes. And most often it's not, especially with, like, if you, you text, I don't even, I'm not big on the text stuff, but, you know, <laughs> what is it, a new girl, it's like if there's dot, dot, or if there's dot, 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 or if there's dot, 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 it's like, what the heck? You know, there's different levels of expert. 
expressions in there, which I am not too keen on myself. Um, but that's, that's just what, it's like the how, like there's, there's, you know, it's a good example of how, you know, you use the body to convey some higher idea that, you know, in your head, like it's not tangible. So that's an example of we need our bodies to communicate. But on the other side of that one, there's always another side there's always, there's always two sides. So the other side of that one is that you can't stop communicating, Right. If there's something going on in you, you can't, like, not communicate that you're tired. You can't not communicate that you had a bad day. You know what I mean? If you're happy, you can't not communicate that you're happy because people just see it. You know, you're smiling, you're giggling, acting goofy sometimes. So it's, you can't necessarily not communicate, which is, which is good. And then the other, I mean, Matthew twelve thirty four: out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So that is, that is so true. So there's, when you are trying to communicate, um, there's always two forces that are influencing you or driving you into doing something. Um, there's both kind of like, there's both the body or the flesh or the biological, the fact, and then there's your person, which is, you know, your spirit, um, your ideas and everything that's in your head. Um, The biological force, the body force, is a strong one. You know, if you stub your toe or you get hit, I, you know, the, the worst one is when you pinch your nail against your finger or you pinch your finger. That is the worst pain I ever feel. But when that happens, you can't, you, you, that, your body reacts before your brain can even think about what you need to say or what you shouldn't say. You know what I mean? It kind of just happens so fast. So there's a strong force. You know, when you're hungry is another great example you know, sometimes you get so hungry that I feel weak, or maybe I'm like, oh, I'm getting a headache, or I'm getting a little irritated, or like I'm just plowing through whoever's in my way in search of food, right? You, you kind of, your body can just take over sometimes, your emotions and your actions and everything that you're doing. So that's not necessarily the best force or the best um, I'm just going to use force to act out of, you know, like uh, the, these things that we, like an animal, you know, like a bear, for example, I was looking it up, like bears eat their young, you know, that's not, that's not something that we should follow, you know, there's no, they don't, <laughs> they don't, there's, there, there's, there's, there's a spiritual implication there, right? <laughs> it was kind of a jump, I know, I, I just jumped to that. But basically, there's a spiritual implications to what our bodies do, and we can't always follow that because there, there's, there's, there's a spiritual implication. It could be going down the wrong path. Um, and then there's the spirit, which was what we want to be uh, acting out of. We want the spirit to govern um, our lives. Um, and that's why, I mean, the spirit is hard to hear. It's even harder to see. It's a smaller voice. It's a quiet voice. And Jesus, you can hear him praying. You know, if they have ears to hear, let them hear. If they have eyes to see, let them see. Let them see what it is because it's so hard to listen to the Spirit and to be with the Spirit and to be moving out of the Spirit as opposed to moving out of yourself. Um, like an example I was thinking of here was a ship, 
like a big cargo ship or something in the ocean. They can float. It's got an engine. You turn it on, and it'll go on its own, right? But that's under perfect conditions where the water's calm. There's no current. There's no wind. Uh, the ship can, can probably make it pretty close to where it needs to go without a captain, um, without that guiding force. But when the waves come, when the winds come, when the currents come, when the ship's doesn't know what's going on. You need a captain. You need that guiding spirit to, to guide you in the direction, like to get from point A to point B, to have a clear course. Uh, that's what, that was a good example that I kind of just came across. So there are two forces. Um, and our bodies or our natural biological self is fed by, you know, media and consumerism and propaganda. And when we let that happen, our, their bodies are led astray. And they don't know where to go. They don't know where to find rest. And it can lead to suffering and pain and depression. But, and the people, like, if they don't, they feel they can't control this, you know, they take drastic measures to, to try and separate, you know, you, people turn to drugs, they turn to alcohol, they turn to just things that they think might help them control or, you know, either try and help them control or just forget about the other half of their body. Um, I know Paul talks about this when he's talking about, I don't know where I, did I put that in there? Um, when he's like, I do the thing that I, I don't do what I want to do, but I do the thing that I hate, you know? So I think that's encouraging because Paul's going through the same thing and he's a man of faith, right? So these things that we're battling, um, that our body wants to do or that we don't like our body or it's hard to, to, to live by the spirit. Paul's going through that, right? He gives an example of him going through that, and he has to pray and, and, and continually seek after God and, and be guided on the right path. But I guess the—and then the, the biggest thing is that it's sin that's in our life. It's not us. It's not our, it's not our person. Like, we're not a bad person. We, we have sin in us. And the good thing or the— like, God is good. He's victorious. Jesus came. He's victorious. And we can come out of that, and we can be governed by the Spirit, and we can be led by, by God to do those things that not only are good in this world, but edify our spirit and help other people to, um, you know, be given life and lifted up in their spirit, too. So, I'm going to hand the mic over to Jenny, and she'll go into another couple couple examples. Thank you. Um, yeah, so a lot of what I'm going to talk about actually comes from this book. And a while back, John and Pam McDermott from Lawrence came and um, shared a lot about Love Thy Body. And this book is created to answer hard questions about life and sexuality. And it has a lot of, like, biblical answers to a lot of the controversial topics right now, like, sexuality, abortion, um, body image, and all those different things. So a lot of it's going to come from here, and if you guys have any more questions, like, I encourage you to read this book, but 
Um, yeah, so what Eddie was talking about at the very end, just how sometimes we tend to separate who we are from like our physical bodies, uh, this book explains that as the person body split, and God created us whole, where our spirit and our minds are connected to our bodies and you cannot separate them they both come like with a purpose from the beginning like it says in psalm 139 i think like god was physically like watching over us as we're being created in our mother's womb and even then he already knew the days that were marked out before us so like our life had a purpose not just like our spirit and you know all that stuff but also our physical body had a purpose and god was like praying over it and like speaking truth over it um but our culture has separated the body from the person um where the mind and emotions are again considered totally separate and almost irrelevant to who we are and i mean to our bodies and that goes exactly against like everything that Eddie just talked about, everything that God says we are. Um, so as a result of this person-body split, we see, again, many of these controversial topics that the book talks about, which is homosexuality, body image and fitness obsession, euthanasia, um, sexuality in general, and even like in the hookup culture. All of these situations are seeing the body as inferior to the person and separate and like irrelevant to who we are. So I'm going to talk about um, basically like the body and stewarding the body and what it looks like when we do have a person body split mentality and what it looks like to have a holistic godly mentality of our bodies and who we are uniting those two. And the reason I'm going to talk about this, I think, is because I'm very passionate about, like, stewarding our bodies, and I think it's very relevant. It's a good place to start when it comes to seeing our bodies and our person as a whole, how God created us. Just, like, being healthy and being good stewards of our bodies is, like, lays a foundation for, like, everything else. Um, so, first of all, I'll talk about how our, in our culture, we are obsessed with body image. Who has noticed that there's, like, an increased trend in fitness, in the fitness world. And if you have an Instagram or a Facebook or a YouTube, everybody is, like, trying to get swole. And, you know, they even have, like, hashtag booty gains. And, like, everybody is just, like, trying to reach this body image. Um, and so we might think, man, our culture is obsessed with the body. But in reality, what seems like is happening, to me at least, and um, I've seen it even in my own life, is we, we're not really obsessed with our bodies. We're obsessed with the body image that media has put out there. Like Eddie said, we're very influenced by media and consumerism and all that stuff. So we have this idea of what the body should look like. And we try to pursue that. And the way to get there is through being fit, through exercising and eating cleaner. But a lot of times, that fitness goes beyond like honoring our bodies and loving our bodies and we're actually damaging our bodies and doing whatever it takes at all costs to get to this like body image that is so valued and desired in our culture. Um, and something that the book said that I thought was like really true was that it, the fact that the media like takes time to put these 
images out there and Photoshop them and even like so many people that we see in the media getting surgeries and um, just you never really see a realistic body on like posters or in movies like everything is always photoshopped again we like might think oh people are obsessed with their bodies they want to look that way but it's revealing like the covert reality that people are like against the realistic body they hate the realistic body so we feel like oh we need to make it something different something that it's not um and again that brings us back to the person body split where we're saying I'm going to do whatever it takes to make my body look this way, and thus it becomes just a tool. And um, the author actually uses the, the phrase um, instrumentalizing. So it's, you can compare it to the equivalent of a car, like an owner and his car, his luxury car, and he wants to do whatever it takes to have, like, the coolest car. And maybe, like, that will allow him to feel satisfied or that will allow him to get the attention from his friends or the acceptance from like his community is if his car like you know is really cool then he'll be able to get all that stuff and so it's the same with our bodies Um, maybe we're believing lies like if I look this way I'll be accepted or if I look this certain way I'll be successful and if I don't then I'm like always falling short of what could be Um, and so uh, we see, I mean, we see this in our culture. We also see it within our church. Like there is like a trend in fitness and I just am bringing this up because it's important for us to check our hearts because a lot of times we don't know if we are like seeing the body as just a tool to be be satisfied or to be worthy. Um, but we also have the opposite end of things where in the church we become apathetic to our bodies and our health and the way we see our bodies. And so... It's funny because um, although there is, like, an increase in fitness trends in our country and, like, people are trying to exercise more and eat healthy, the the obesity rates in our country are still, like, super high. And I think they're also even increasing. Um, they have increased in the past year. So you would think if more people are fit, shouldn't, like, our obesity rates decrease? But no. People are becoming obsessed with, like, this body image, but also people are very apathetic to the body and, like, taking care of it. And I read this article. I found it. It's titled, Does Religion Increase the Prevalence and Incidence of Obesity in Adulthood? And what they found was that, yes, people who are religious actually tend to be obese. And he said that he found this was mainly because um, some religious groups consider physical activity relatively unimportant to health because one should focus on spiritual matters more. And so, again, in our church, we see that person body split like my spiritual life matters and what I do with God and like reading my Bible and Bible studies and trying to follow the commandments all this stuff matters but my body the way it is the way I treat it the way what I put in it the way I maintain it doesn't matter and that's not what God says God says hey I gave you your body to do these things like honor me with your body so we have again these two different ways of thinking or these two areas in which the person body split is saying, hey, your body doesn't matter, or your body is a tool, or it's irrelevant. Um, but what does God say about being stewards of our bodies and being healthy and all of that stuff? Well, the reality is that God has gifted us our bodies, and we're called to be good stewards of it. It begins with the basics of just feeding it well and working to maintain like physical wellness. Um, and that's like the basic of honoring God with our bodies. 
Um, being healthy and fit is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. God created like it to be a good thing, and we see it in so many so many times in the Bible where people like choose to eat healthy things because God's calling them to like live at a higher level. Daniel, for one example, um, the king tried to give him his choice foods of like. I don't know what they were, steak probably and wine and, you know, all that stuff. But Daniel was like, no, I, God's calling me to eat this type of food and watch. If I eat this for a week, I'll be healthier and stronger than the other people around me. And he was able to, like, be a strong person and God used him in his physical strength to, like, um, influence that kingdom and all that good stuff. Um but also being apathetic towards our bodies and not thinking twice about what we put in how what we put in our bodies or how we maintain them also goes against the Bible. Um, our body matters, and again, it's a part of our spiritual life and our spiritual walk with Christ. We will need our body for many years in order to fulfill the calling that He has for us. Like from the day we're born, God has already planned out like the purpose for our lives. And in order to achieve these things, guess what? We have to carry our bodies with us. We can't leave our bodies behind and try to communicate, hey, Jesus loves you without using our bodies or without using words. We need that. And if you're feeling crummy and like your body just isn't doing well, it's kind of hard to communicate love, right? Like Eddie was talking about being hungry and how sometimes like we become beasts just like searching for food. I know I do. I get hangry. Ask my sister, ask Eddie. And I cannot show you love when I'm hungry. Like I cannot tell you who Jesus is when I'm hungry. Um, So it's important to care for our bodies and, you know, just like just be stewards, good stewards of our bodies. And God calls us to do everything with excellence. And that includes like the way we eat. That includes the way we exercise and things like that. Um, and I love this verse. This was a verse that actually changed the way that I see my body. It's in 1 Corinthians 6.20. It says, For you were bought with a price, so glorify and honor God with your bodies. Like, our bodies are not our own. God has gifted them to us to do something great with them. And he died on the cross in order for us to find freedom. So, yeah. So when we do, like idolize certain body image or when we're apathetic towards our bodies, um, there is something a lot deeper happening within us. There's, again, something spiritual that is being affected in us. And not only that, but we're not living in the abundance or the wholeness that God has for us. We're unconsciously believing lies about who we are and who God created us to be. God didn't create us to be only spiritual. He created us to like be in our bodies and be one with our bodies. And um, there's abundance in that. That's the reality. And we also tend to rob ourselves from the truths that God's spoken over us when we do like compartmentalize who we are. So I want to share with you guys just my experience with um, body image and um, separating my body physically from who I am and just how God like turned that around in my life and brought me his perspective and how body matters to him. Um, So in high school, I actually began to develop an eating disorder. Uh, I desired so much to like look this way that the media had portrayed to me like thin and fit and you know, all that stuff. I so much desired to look that way that I would starve my body and over-exercise to achieve looking this way. When I got to college, things got worse. I was searching for fulfillment in relationships, and I had 
learned to believe the lie that if I looked a certain way, the man of my dreams would notice me and see me worthy of his time, love, and commitment, and my emptiness would disappear if I achieved looking this way and finding, like, this special guy. Um, so you can see there what I was doing was, um, I was, what was going on spiritually was affecting how I was treating my body. So I was spiritually empty. I was, I didn't have Christ. I was not a Christian back then. And I was pursuing like wholeness in something that couldn't give me wholeness. So that was affecting what was happening physically with my body and what I was doing with my body. Um, again, the term that the author used was I was instrumentalizing my body. By this time, my desire to look this way led me to become bulimic. This happened later in college. Um, My body was literally disposable to me. I didn't care what the consequences of my actions were as long as I could achieve being thin and falling into this category of looking a certain way. However, my life continued to spiral out of control, and I felt more and more lost and confused and depressed, and what I was doing wasn't helping me feel any better. After... One second. Okay, yeah, after I would, like, engage in these actions, like, purging, I would momentarily feel satisfied, but then the feelings of guilt, shame, and regret would come in, and just hopelessness and emptiness. So we can see, like, what Eddie was talking about. Like, the things I do, I don't want to do them, but I still do those things. And the things I want to do, yeah, I don't do them. And so there was this, like, inner conflict in me, like, okay, I don't want to do this to myself, but I'm going to keep doing it because it's what feels good right now and what makes me feel like I'll achieve feeling whole and full. Um, so, yeah, it was around this time that I actually gave my life to Christ, and God began to do a work in me. I started to surrender all of my life to him. However, my body had yet to follow this transformation. And it also had to, it wasn't, I wasn't submitting my body to Christ. It was, again, that spiritual and emotional part of me, like my personhood. But my body had nothing to do with what God was doing in my life. Um, I, I, I still believed the lie and that if I looked a certain way, I would be more accepted by those around me, including those of the opposite sex. And it's crazy how, like, your mind brings you to believe these things because I literally thought, like, people would not like me if I didn't look a certain way, even in the church, which is such a lie. Um, So it wasn't until one night when I was in the bathroom, again, about to purge, that I heard a voice tell me, like, a voice, like, literally told me, hey, God isn't okay with what you're doing. And I stopped, like, right in my tracks. And I was like, the fear of the Lord came upon me. I was like, okay, I'm not doing this anymore because if I do it, like, I will suffer the consequences. And, like, I just, yeah, it was just so real. Like, God really convicted me and, like, revealed to me, hey, like, what you're doing is not honoring me and it's not okay. It's not bringing you life. So, um, Again, we, we, we see, like, this battle within me, like the flesh, me trying to look a certain way, and in that moment, like, the Holy Spirit coming and saying, hey, like, that's not okay. That's not what I created you for. This is not the abundance that I have for you. So that was when I started to, when I started the process of seeking God's truth about who he said I was, not just spiritually, but also physically. I discovered that I was believing lies about myself through that, and God began to tell me truths like that I was fearfully and wonderfully made. And I had read that, but I just was like, okay, great, I'm a great person. But in reality, God was saying, like, even physically, I have fearfully and wonderfully created you. And even in my classes, I was a kinesiology major, so we studied, like, 
physiology and exercise science, I began to see like, wow, God really fearfully created us just the way our bodies function. And even the way exercise like is created to do good for our bodies. Um, I learned that I was made in his image and my body represents a part of him that no one else can. And I think we say that a lot and we're like, hey, you represent something about God's character that nobody else can represent. But also our physical appearances represent something about God that nobody else can. And in hating like my body, I was hating something God had created that represented him. So these are all things I didn't know and it took a long time for me to like renew my mind. Last week, Rob talked about the importance of taking something off in order to put something new in. I forget what Bible I think it's in, or what verse it's in, maybe Ephesians. It's in the Bible somewhere. But he talks about how like you take off the old you and you put on the new you. And that's like what we have to do throughout this whole process of like becoming emotionally healthy people. And even the reason we're talking about it is because we can't be emotionally healthy without bringing the body into that and honoring God with our bodies. But I began to do that. I began to take off the old lies that I was believing, the way of seeing my body as separate. And I began to put on this like new truth that God was speaking over me, that my body did matter and the way that I treated my body mattered and it affected me spiritually and emotionally. Um, so yeah, I share this with you because this is like what it looked like for me to have an unholistic view of who we are as people, not just like spiritual people, but our bodies and what it looks like to be emotionally healthy and seek emotional health and bringing our bodies into that. And God like will bring transformation to that. But for you, it may not be like an eating disorder. It may be any of these other things that this book talks about, like maybe our views on abortion. Like I know for me, sometimes I'm like, hey, abortion is a bad thing. But then I'm like, well, what if a girl was raped? Like, is it fair for her to keep that child? You know, and just like checking ourselves with different topics like that. Why am I believing that? Is there a person body split? That mentality that I have towards these things, maybe it could be towards pornography. It could be towards masturbation, towards homosexuality. In all these situations, we're separating our body from God and like from who God has created us to be. So yeah, I share this because that's what it looked like for me. And maybe you can like ask God, God, where in these different things am I having like a person body split mentality? And how can you help me have a more holistic way of seeing my body and myself? So um, yeah, that's all I have. We have a few questions, but before we move on to the questions, let me pray for us and then we'll go over the questions. So God, we just thank you so much, Lord, that you made us in your image, God, that you created us to be whole, Lord, and I thank you so much that we're not just like floating spirits, but you gave us physical bodies to live on purpose and to fulfill our calling and our purpose in our lives. Um, and I just pray for everyone in this room, Lord, that you may bring revelation of areas in our lives in which we aren't seeing um, the way you created us holistically, God, and maybe we're separating our physical body from a certain area, whatever it looks like, God. I just, I thank you that you want to reveal yourself to us more and more. You want to bring truth, and through that truth, you want to bring freedom. Um, so I just pray for even this week as we're having our discussion groups that you may continue to show yourself to us, God, and bring transformation and like teach us what it looks like to honor you with our bodies, God. And yeah, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
have to go in too much depth because we also have the community group that meet on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, and you can dive more deeply into these topics. Um, but yes, so the questions are, do you see this type of mentality in any 